0: Hi there, I'm Mo Abdelbaki, and welcome to episode one of season three of uh, my podcast. This is Out of Mo's Mind. Hey there. Hi there of course, ho there, and I hope you are all doing well. I'm doing well. Um, You know, I only did like a a few episodes in in 2020, and then around April or whatever it was, I just said, you know, uh, it's just that kind of year. Now, I should have been doing all sorts of things, and I could have gotten on, And but you know, it was just one of those years, and before I knew it, that year was gone. So here we are in a brand new year. Um, I'm recording this in February of that brand new year. that seems pretty good to me so far. I mean there are challenges in everything, but somewhere along the line i I kind of realized that I have a philosophy of um, hope hope and even more than that, I just have this belief that things do work out now. Obviously, that isn't always the case. There are people who have not done well in the past year. Uh, There have been a a lot of issues. and, and, And I mean, let's face it, it has been a tragic set of circumstances. But I'm a believer. And what I believe in is in the basic... I hesitate to call it goodness, because I don't know that it really is about being good or things, it, but there is a, a, a sort of an energy, if you will, maybe even a word like magic that comes along that convinces me over and over and over again in my life that things can work out, and that things do work out. And sometimes it's silly how things work out, and, and sometimes it's kind of amazing. I have a kind of a silly, amazing thing today to talk about. It was silly, but it was also, to me, extremely amazing. It happened a long time ago, uh, when I was in my early 20s. Boy, was I in my early 20s. I was 22. And um, and uh, let's get right to the story, shall we? First of all, I was raised in... Um, a little town in northern Colorado called Fort Collins, Fort Collins, Colorado, was my hometown, and I'm just going to say that there probably wasn't a better hometown anywhere in the country to be from. I didn't realize it at the time, and when I got older and, um, you know, grew my hair and beard out and lives well, one of these, uh, <coughs> hey man, you see, you know that type of thing. What could I say it was the '60s and the '70s? Um, it seemed like it was just too slow, although now I realize it just was calm. It was calm and relaxed and safe and uh, really kind of an amazing place to be. But anyway, I moved out of Fort Collins when I was um, in 1975. I was 21 years old. And what happened is my dad was a professor at Colorado State, and he moved to Louisiana State after 16 years in Fort Collins. And that first year, I had a difficult time because I had all my friends who were still back in Fort Collins, and, and, you know, all of that stuff that happens when you're young. And so I decided I was going to go back for the summer. Um, the story itself of how I got back there is worthy of its own own podcast because you talk about things falling into place and happening in such a way because i was a student i was broke and my mom especially was completely against my going back to fort collins she wanted me to stay right there with them in baton rouge yes i stayed home until i got married okay so let's get that out of the way i was one of those guys if um suppose if my parents were alive today, I might be living in their basement. Uh, although I am, you know, in my sixties, and I am, you know, I've been married a couple times and all that. I, I probably not, but you know, I I was perfectly happy living at home. My mother was an amazing cook, and um, I had jobs. I did things. But anyway, I'm I'm getting off track, aren't I? A ding ding ding. Let's get to the train. So. I decided to go back to Fort Collins. Part of it was that uh, there was a, a girl that I had uh, met right before I left Fort Collins to go to Baton Rouge, uh, whom I had fallen in love with. And so that's a complex thing. You know, love is very complex. Someday I'll talk about love, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm hoping not to take another year or so before I do my next podcast. But um, yeah, uh, it's love is complex, so that was that was ostensibly the reason I was going back. But the the reality was is that I just couldn't wait to get back home, and uh, you know visit with old friends and all that. So long story short, I get to Fort Collins, things don't go any way that I think they should. You know, turned out that the girl had uh, gone to Minnesota for a couple of weeks, knowing I was coming. I think. And so I went and stayed with, well, at a friend's house. He was out of town. And then he showed up, and his his mom said, Sure, you can stay here. Boy, she was a lovely person. And um, my friend came home, and I spent the summer with him. And it was wonderful. I got a job. I realized I had to get a job real soon because I had like five bucks when I got there. And so I went to the local pipe and tobacco shop that I had uh, frequented and hung out in forever and ever. And they said, sure, you want a job? I actually need someone, and you can work this shift. And it was a dream for me. It really was just beyond anything I could have imagined. It was like, oh, this is so wonderful. And, um, and things worked out, and it was good. And so what would happen is uh, my friend, um, his name was Steve, and uh, Steve uh, had worked for the Forest Service off and on and they would call him up if they needed firefighting or something but he wasn't working at the time so we'd hang out all day go to the army surplus store you know buy a pocket knife get a piece of wood do some whittling it was really although I would then go to the the pipe and tobacco shop and and it, it wasn't a head shop it was strictly pipes and tobaccos and it was great the guy who ran it was a, a really good guy and um it was fun it was a good time 76 was an interesting year the bicentennial a lot of things going on but um god it was a wonderful year that year for me um anyway so so back there uh, in the summer working and having that job and so i was given um an hour for lunch so uh steve would come in his big old chevy suburban this kind of dull red thing you know and uh called it the pig because it was a pig for sure uh, we would go to we would go to you know thrift stores and i had a thing for bowling pins and uh, and and so on so in the back of the truck we'd go to a, you know and i'd buy bowling pins you know 50 cents a buck a piece We'd put them in the back of the pig, uh, drive around town, and they'd be rolling around, sounded like a bowling alley. And there'd be a bowling ball back there or two. And later on in my, as I got older, I thought, wow, what if we'd had to stop real suddenly? We had these two cannonballs in the back of the truck, you know, and um, gosh, we just had fun. I liked wearing bowling shirts. I'd find them there and so on and so forth, but uh, that's a different story altogether. So we would go to lunch, and there was a place, and I don't know if it's still there or not. It may be, but I guarantee you uh, it's not as it used to be, because I went there one last time and it had changed completely. It was known as the Silver Grill. And the Silver Grill was, um, I had never been there in all the years I had grown up in town. Never. Never. Um, It was in a, a, not a, there was really no bad part of town there, but it was just kind of a, it had been there since like the 40s, I think. And it was what we call uh, euphemistically a greasy spoon. Um, And every now and then it would live up to it. You'd get a spoon that had something on it that wasn't just spots from the dishwasher. But uh, the wait people were always really nice and they had specials, actual blue plate specials that they served on a blue plate. Now, this was the early 70s or the mid 70s. We really hadn't gone into that whole um, retro shtick thing. You know, it was not like that. So this was really a holdover. And they had things like, you know, um blue plate specials like meatloaf with mashed potatoes and gravy and and yeah, they always give you bread and you could ask you know they say what type of bread do you want it was either whole wheat or white or sometimes rye um or do you want a roll and yeah, it was slices of bread it was that type of place and it was packed at lunch just packed and you could get the roast pork with the gravy and you know you get hash I used to get hash browns with gravy on them um, and the food was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So every day, and oh, wait, I forgot the best part. Uh, the Blue plate Special was like 75 cents or a buck and a half, something like that. It was really quite inexpensive. So we'd go and have this incredible meal, just fun stuff and uh take our time, got to know the waitresses, and you know joke around and it was kind of dark in there, as you would expect it to be um a little bit d- d- dingy, okay, just a quick aside, so years later, I went back to the fort, as we called it, now it has all sorts of hip names, but we called it the fort and um showed up, uh, went to the Silver Grill, and thought, oh, and walked in, and it it, it turned into a place with lots of ferns hanging around, and the, the food was all different. <laughs> it was all really different. Um, I mean, it had stuff that had avocado and bean sprouts on it, and, and honestly, I just was like, no, 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 this is not what I bargained for. Uh, so I went to the Durwina Schindler and had a hot dog, but, but the, anyway, back in the day. Back in the day, it was a wonderful thing. So here I was living this great life. It was a wonderful summer. Um, Lots of things happened, magical things, but I'm not going to get into that right now. So here I was having this wonderful summer, tremendous time. And um, one day we're walking out of the Silver Grill and noticed that I don't know why I'd never noticed this before, but there was a thrift shop right next to the Silver Grill called Martha's. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. I had never noticed it before. And I said to Steve, hey, let's go and look around. So Steve said, all right. You know, he's pretty laid back. He's always up for an adventure. So when we went to Martha's, one thing I do remember before I went in, they had this massive alabaster lighthouse. God, it was just gorgeous. You maybe have seen those. We had a place in Fort Collins that actually, I believe, made them. And it was lovely, but it was 50 bucks. Now, for me, 50 bucks was as logical a thing to have as $50 million would have been. I lived day to day, paycheck to paycheck, and I lived on very small amounts of money. (laughs) You know, I mean, I really, really did. And my parents weren't about to supplement my, uh, you know, my lackadaisical lifestyle between semesters. So... So, I mean, this $50 thing, I thought, how can I get this this alabaster lighthouse? Well, that, you know, I that would have been hard to move over the years, and I've moved a lot, but it was very cool. Had little lights in it, and um, uh, didn't have a beam. I'm a lighthouse fan. We'll talk about that some other day. I've been into lighthouses for a long time. They're very fascinating. Once you get to study them and understand about Fresnel lenses, and, you know, it says Fresnel, but don't pronounce the S. Um anyway, so walked in and we're wandering around it had the usual fare, you know? The usual I mean, back then you could find some really cool stuff in a in a used item store. Um the goodwill had been picked over quite a bit, but this had like stuff that that was kind of you would say, Oh, someone maybe cherished this. Um I, I you know, you could buy a bowling shirt for a dime you know, 15 cents, and it had someone else's name on it, but, you know, what the heck. Um, They were all pre-washed, we assumed. We assumed. I never bought shoes in one of those stores. I just, it just never seemed like the right thing to do. I did buy a pair of used boots once uh, for going up in the mountains. They were too small, but they were cheap. So what are you going to do? So anyway, so wandering around in this store, and something absolutely stopped me dead. In my tracks. There on a shelf was a little blue vase or a vase. And standing next to it as part of the vase, it was blue. It was that kind of carnival glass looking stuff, you know, kind of shimmery, not shimmery, is it old? It looks really, really old. And there was Felix the Cat. A little ceramic Felix the Cat built right in part of the vase. And for those of you who don't know who Felix the Cat is, um, it, he was cool. Felix was very cool. He had a magic bag. And he had a very interesting look, Felix had. And he had a cartoon, Felix the Cat, I can't sing too much, or they might get me for royalties. <laughs> who am I getting? I just can't sing too much. So here's this, this vase. And Felix was, was all black except for he had white around his mouth and his eyes. And, and he was a magical cat. So here is this vase, this little vase, with Felix the cat on it, and I just my I felt something shift in me, and I thought I have never seen anything as cool as that Felix the cat vase, and in it was this musty, <laughs> dirty old paper rose, a bud, and I looked over to the side, and there, there was some a, a rose kind of a bouquet of these ugly little roses. So someone had taken one of those roses and just popped it in. And I thought, this must be mine. I want this. I've never, I mean, I just so, because I was a Felix fan when I was a kid, but more than that, it was remarkable, really remarkable. So I I checked the price on it, $8.95. $8.95. $8.95. Now, I, I might as well have walked into um, a Cadillac dealership and said, I have a dollar and a half. Can I buy a Cadillac? Because that's the, the, you would have no chance. And I realized that I probably had very little chance here with the Felix the Catbase, but I did take it up and say, this is $8.95. And she said, well, how much do you have? I said, well, a couple bucks. And she said, no, that's really very rare, and it's pretty old, and it should be probably twice that amount. And I thought, don't do that, don't do that. So I said, okay. So I I came back, because every day we'd go have lunch at the grill, except on the weekends, you know, or when I wasn't working, uh, days I didn't work, and come back, and I'd go in and check and make sure it was still there. And it wasn't eventually. I went in, it was gone. <laughs> I was so bummed. And then I thought, well, I hope whoever got it, they must understand its, its history, the kitschiness of it. Um, I hope they really enjoy it. I hope they love it. And I, I was a little bit, you know, like, I really thought that would have been a cool possession to have, and so on, et cetera, et cetera. And one more for the road, et cetera. So summer went on, and it was a great summer i mean a great summer so steve got this gig where he was going to help someone move i'll never forget that i helped them pack up their house now this is a friend of ours named wiz and wiz's family was unique to say the very least <laughs> kind of nice people you know his dad was one of those fellows you kind of think uh, uh this guy he's you know he could have been a hell of a con man but he wasn't they had a farm and for example, they didn't buy a chicken coop. No, they just put chickens in the basement of the house. Okay, that was unbelievable. Uh, and, and they had a couple of goats. They had one goat left when I met them. And the goat was in the basement with the chickens. And they'd let them out in the daytime. And so there was an old piano in the basement. And Wiz's dad comes over and says, you know, we're moving all the way across the country. I want that piano that's down there. I mean, we walk down into this basement and it is covered with a chicken fertilizer and goat dung, I'll say the word. And it's like, oh my God. And there's this piano that is covered with chicken everything because they would kind of sit on it. And they had these boxes, and I don't know if they laid or not, but. We said, really, you want this? I mean, I pressed on a key, and it didn't make much sound. It was like, boom, 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 probably chickens in it. You know, and he said, yeah, I want that. So we had to figure out how to do that. It was much too heavy. We did it with a truck. It was one of the craziest things I have ever seen in my life, but that's not for today. And they had this goat, and the goat's name was Goofy. And Goofy was a mean-spirited little thing. I don't know that yoga with Goofy would have been any fun at all. He uh, was a full billy. He had the big horns. And if you even pretended to bend over or if you even, you know, slightly, uh, you know, pushed at the waist, that thing would come over. And next thing you know, you'd be flat on your on your face. And he hit hard. And he would laugh. At least it sounded like laughing to me. And he'd prance around after he did it. Like, you know, you idiots. Why did you turn your back on me? Goofy. (laughs) It was just a trip. So we hauled. I mean, we're loading up this truck with pig iron. And I mean, you wouldn't believe a U-Haul truck and then another truck. And just, oh my God, it it was amazing how hard of work it was. But I made like 20 bucks, 30 bucks, something like that. And Steve was going was gonna to drive with them across country as he had done with my family when, when we moved to Louisiana. So it made sense. He would do that. And, you know, um, so I was, he was off. It was sad to see him go because we were, we were close pals. And I thought, well, let me call my friend. And uh, so I picked up the phone and I, I called a friend of mine and I'll call her Jay. Um, And she is a friend I had worked with back at an answering service years before. A really tremendous human being, funny, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And um, just became a very, very solid, good friend. And I said, hey, you doing anything tonight? She said, no. I said, do you mind if I drop by? Just, you know, hang around. She was a blues guitar player. I played the ukulele. Sometimes we would do that sort of thing. But I said, I've just got an evening here. She said, sure, come on by. So I uh, got in the pig because he left the pig with me, drove it over to her house. Uh, She had a charming little home that she had bought and um, went in and we just sat down and started talking. It had been a while since we really had a chance to connect. And uh, she said, "Um, would you like a cup of tea? And I said, you know, I would love that. It was a great little house. We were sitting in the kitchen. It was spotless. She was very meticulous, Uh, you know. Uh, As opposed to me, you know, you walk into my office, you think, is there a lion in here somewhere? (laughs) It's like, wow. (laughs) But anyway, so it was the first time I ever had constant comment. Now, I don't know if you've had, I think it's Bigelow, a constant comment. Um, it, It soon became my favorite tea. I mean, I like other things as well, but I'd never tasted anything quite like it. And because it's got some orange peel and it's very famous. And but this wasn't tea bags. This was loose tea. She never liked tea bags, but she would use them when she had to. So, you know, we we sat there and uh, just talked and discussed the world. And I told her about what was going on with me and, you know, and had constant comment. And she said, would you like some tea? And I said, well, I, uh, we're tea, we're drinking tea. And she said, well, it's a different type of tea. And I went, oh, and so she said, I'll be right back. Um, Now, this, okay, now, uh, before we get into any, you you can judge me, that's fine. I judge myself sometimes, (laughs) you can trust that. Um, It was the 70s, it was a wild time. And uh, she said, have you ever heard of Panama Red? I said, yeah, I love that song by the uh, Deep Riders of the, what is it, New Riders of the Purple Sage, uh, Jerry Garcia on the steel guitar. And she said, um, yeah, but have you seen this? And she had me a bag and the bag was filled with what looked like redwood shavings. And I said, is this Panama Red? And she said, uh, yeah. So I said, sure. Let's, um, yeah. I mean, I had nothing to do. Um even if I had something to do at that point in my life, you know, I was a student. I used to go to class and go, "Oh, oh. mo, do you have a question?" Uh <clears throat> Yeah. Uh where am I, man? You know, that sort of thing. I had not It was it was a, it, I'm sorry. That's it's my past. I'm not going to hide from it. My kids know. I'm sure my parents they had to know at times. <laughs> I'll tell you a story someday that was just—it's so weird. It's just too weird because remember, I was raised by Egyptians who moved to this country, and uh, you know, and and so there were things that happened in our house that were just not part of the normal American way of doing things, especially if there you weren't in an Egyptian area. But that's a different story. So, so um, out, out came the Panama Red and i have to tell you the song was so right um the song i can't hear the song today without without going god almighty that was really quite a night we ended up being absolutely blasted in a good way and laughing and laughing and laughing and just laughing And talking about our dreams and the world and where we thought things were going to go, I was still single. The next year that time, I would be almost married. I told her, you know, about this girl. And I I think she may have met her at one point. And and I'll never forget, she said, she's as cute as a bug, something like that, you know. And um, I had all these hopes and dreams for my future I had one idea of what was going to happen, and 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 the universe said, no, that's not what's going to happen. And I'm beginning to understand why. Um that's that's for another time. That's a good story, though. So here I was in this little kitchen on a summer's night, beautiful, beautiful summer's night. And um just ripped and drinking constant comment tea. And I said, oh, i got to tell you about this thing I saw. And she said, what's that? And I said, I went to Martha's uh, right next to the Silver Grill, used place. I'd never been in there. And I walked in, and they had this little vase with Felix the Cat on it. And I just fell madly in love with this vase. I wanted the vase. I need this vase. And she looked at me and said, oh, yeah, did you get it? I said, no, I didn't get it. You know, someone bought it. And, and I said, I, I don't know. I just felt like that vase was kind of mine. It was supposed to be. I've never seen anything like it before. I don't think I'll ever see anything like it again. Um, and I would I would certainly change out the flower, you know, for maybe a sunflower that's what I would put in there, is a the sunflower, because it's sunny. It's not a rose thing. You know, roses, uh, weddings, and funerals, and, you know, um, who knows what people, Valentine's, no, no. This is something that makes me smile. This is something that makes me happy. This is something that kind of, um, you know, it's cool. And, and I would put a sunflower in it, a fake sunflower, mind you, because um, I don't want that responsibility But um, And I talked for a while on it And she said, well, that sounds interesting And I thought, well, you know A little bit dismissive here And she said, I'll be right back I have to, you know, go use the restroom So she went away and I sat there And I probably started singing to myself Or whatever it is one does And she said, hey And I turned around And I saw her walking toward me With a smile on her face That is really Um, The kind of the cat and canary face, you know, she had this smile on her face and in her hands, uh, she was holding that face and walking toward me with Felix the cat in her hands. It was it. It was exactly it. And she started laughing and I started laughing because it was so absurd, but it was so wonderful. And she said, is this what you're talking about? <laughs> like there could be two of them, right? I'm sure there were. they made more than one, you know. I could see someone in China or in Japan after World War II saying, uh, we're going to make one of these. It's going to be worth billions of dollars someday, but we're only making one. (laughs) Let's send it off to Colorado, you know. So obviously, I've never looked it up. Maybe I should. So, So here is this vase. And she said, is this? I said, oh my God, that's it. That's it. Are you the one who bought it? She said, yes. I didn't even like it. I walked in, I saw it, I looked at it, and I thought, that's really kind of, I mean, it's interesting, but it's so kitschy, so tacky. And she said, but I knew I had to buy it. I knew I had to buy it. I didn't know why. I had no concept of why I had to buy it. But now I know. And she gave it to me. She said, it's yours. I was overwhelmed. You know. I mean, at the time, you know, in modern times, I mean, whoopee, and I just went, wow, you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Take wow, man. <laughs> you know, that's probably how it went. I'm sure it didn't. But I was flabbergasted. I was gobsmacked. I was completely floored. I was surprised that here in my hand, was the thing that I had wanted so much that I couldn't afford, and it was now mine. And I was, I was messed up about it. I thought, how can this happen? What is this about? Is, is it because you want something so bad you're going to get it? And I thought, no, that's not it. This is a gift. It was kind of her to give it to me, but she was moved to buy it, Right? And and so I realized that it was a gift from the universe, perhaps, who knows, to me. And I appreciated that gift so much. And I still have it. I look at it every day. Uh, it's been, you know, geez, over 50 years, something like that. Maybe not quite. Um. I still have that Felix the Cat vase. I drew a picture of it for the uh for this podcast, and it's a pretty fair representation of it. I look at it every day and I remember one thing. There are gifts that are given to us. Maybe some of them are in the form of the gift of gab, like me, <laughs> you know, just talk, talk, talk. But sometimes you are given something precious to you and you realize that there was a very far chance of you getting this, a very slim chance of of this coming to you. But in that moment, you should be grateful. And in that moment, you should believe. That small gift, that tiny gift, that was kind of indicative of my whole summer, that little gift set up in me, a belief system that I still have to this day, one of trust, one of love, one of gratitude, and one of immense hope. And in no small way, that base is responsible for the way I think about things and my views of life. And even years and years and years and years, Steve is gone um, my friend Jay, I haven't seen her, um, nor talked to her in a long time. You know, that's fine. I mean, she's got her life. I've got mine. We're old now, er, older. Um, and you know, it's funny. You go to Facebook, you say, okay, there's an old friend of mine from college. And you send him a little note on Facebook saying, you know, I want to be your friend. And, nah, uh, you don't hear back and you realize that's just the way it is. You can't capture the past. But every now and then, I do. I have a, a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, he's a horologist. Now, before you say anything, some of you may know, most of you may know, that that's a, a clock repairman. Not just a repairman, he's a clock maker. He went to Switzerland and learned. And we did a, a face-to-face thing, you know, where we see each other, the video phone from the Jetsons. And we said to each other, after about 10 minutes, God, we're the same. <laughs> and we were, just as goofy, just as fun, and, and, and just like we hadn't you know, I'd had just seen him. And it's been 40 years, at least. So there are things that are steady and stable in life. There are things that are constant and don't change. And that vase reminds me that one of those things is the magic of being alive on this planet— and that you have to maintain hope, and you have to say to yourself, "If I'm meant to do this or that, or have this or that," I mean, you work hard for it. You you work hard for what you. But when it when it comes right, you go, "Oh wow. Oh wow." So that's my story about the Felix the Cat vase, and uh, I'm just here to tell you that if you believe. You know, and interestingly enough, in Martha's, you know, used shop, I didn't say to myself, I will have that one day. I said, that's mine. I'm supposed to have that. But I didn't really think to myself, oh, this will come to me. But when it did, what a delight. What a feeling of wonder. And that to me is one of the best parts of being alive, is having that feeling of wonder. And I have it every day. Regardless of how you know, be, 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 you know it is. It's I have that feeling every day, um, and I hope you do too. So there it is. That's my story. Um, and I'm back, and I'm going to start podcasting more often. I got into a rut. I love maybe a little bit of the blues, um, because it just was such a kind of a ugh, horrendous year. I know I should have been in there in the in the you know. Um, fighting against all of that and stuff, but I kind of thought, you know eh, eh, eh. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to admit. Eh, I don't know how to spell that, so what'd you think about twenty twenty mo eh, you know, eh. just that simple. I hope you have your own version of the Felix the Cat vase. I hope that you are feeling well. I hope that you are optimistic about where we are headed as a society and a world, and I know it's easy to get pessimistic about it, but man, don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's so much more fun when you can sit back and be amazed, amazed by what happens and astounded by every day something that happens, you know? The way your dog looks at you, that cracks you up. like She's looking at me like, man, you are messed up. (laughs) Or she looks at you like, oh my God, I love you so much. (sighs) This life of ours is amazing. And I love being here. And I love talking to you. I must admit, I've missed it. I'm glad I started again. Please take care of yourselves please, um, please, and be happy. There's a lot to be happy about. All right, that's enough for now. Until next time we meet, I wish you all peace and love. Take care. Bye-bye.